The scripture lesson is from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he condemns sin and the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. So this, uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be diving into a, a three-week series um, that has to deal with uh, connection. We're building up uh, to this one moment across the chapter of Romans 8. We're building up to this one moment in which we recognize nothing shall separate us from love. And that's going to be the climax of our, uh, of our series, but we have to get there first. And so we'll be going across the entire chapter of Romans 8 today. You know it's verses 1 through 11. And today, we're going to be focusing on how, on this connection, this connected mindset, and how important it is during this time. I don't know about you all, and I, I feel like I say this every single Sunday, but I miss seeing you all. I miss being able to uh, look out from here and see all of your faces and see some of you dozing off because... You know, the preacher started talking and getting to see some of you taking notes and getting to, just getting to interact with you all in the fellowship hall and in our Bible study groups and all of these different things. I miss it. I miss it terribly. But I'll tell you the one thing that has kept me going during all of this, knowing that even though we may not be physically together, we are still united in one spirit, the spirit of the living God. And so that's what I want us to focus on today, or rather, what I want us to set our minds on. That's a phrase you'll be hearing a lot today, to set your mind on how we are connected in the Holy Spirit. It's very, this is a very delicate time uh, in, in human history because as we are having to, I mean, figure out in the midst of all of the chaos that's going on around us what our next move shall be. And even though every single time our local state or, uh, or 
federal government makes some decision, somebody's going to be mad about it. We all have the same goal in mind, to look out for one another and to once again be together. Because there's a part of us that's starting to recognize how important it is for us to be connected, how important it is for us to be united, how important it is that we not be separate. And this is a good lesson for us to be learning. It's a very frustrating way for us to learn it, but it is a good lesson for us to be learning because our tendencies can be to isolate ourselves or to separate ourselves or to develop this mentality of us and them. It's very easy for us to get into a mindset of, the fancy word is dichotomies. Dichotomies are just uh, two ends of a pole, really. <laughs> Polar opposites, if you will. Um, there are things like, you know, good and evil, light and dark, these kind of things that uh, stand against one another. Paul, in our, uh, in our scripture lesson today, uses dichotomies a lot. He talks about life versus death multiple times. He talks about righteousness versus sin. And he talks about spirit versus flesh. And each of these things, he's setting up here a particular kind of argument. Now, typically, I would say that this is a very dangerous road to go down because dichotomies are often very unhelpful and even dangerous because what they do is they tend to set one thing against another. For example, good versus evil. We feel like we're on the good side and those people are on the bad side. And we deal with dichotomies every single day. My goodness, if we don't see enough of them in uh, news media these days as political parties are, which are in some respects dichotomies, uh, are often telling, I mean, it's completely outrageous and unhelpful the way that political parties will call each other out and say, these people are the evil people. No, these people are the evil people. And what it does is it separates us. Even though we are supposed to be united, even though we are still one people aiming for the same goal of human flourishing, we tend to call each other out and separate ourselves from one another because dichotomies can do that. But Paul here is using dichotomies in a very strategic way in order to make a point. And the point is that we have a choice. That's kind of the purpose of understanding dichotomies. It's to recognize that we have choice, that we can choose. For example, in, in our uh, political beliefs, we can choose. It may not feel like you're allowed to choose, depending on how you were raised or uh, whatever, but you can choose your political beliefs. Um, uh, another thing that we can choose. We can choose righteousness or sin. You know, we, we hear those words and we immediately say, oh, I know which one I want. But even Paul, in just the chapter before this, says, even though I know what I should be doing, I don't do that thing. And so we have a choice between righteousness and sin. We have a choice between light and dark. Um, if you've ever seen a light switch before, flip it up for light, flip it down for dark. 
It's choice. And Paul is setting this, these dichotomies up, these dichotomies of life and death, righteousness and sin, spirit and flesh, to help us understand we have a choice in all of this. We get to choose how we're going to handle this. And now I'm going to add a little bit of context to it. Here we are in the midst of a pandemic, allegedly still in the first wave of it, which is absolutely mortifying, but here we are, and we have a choice as to how we're going to handle it. Here we are in the midst of coming election, and we have a choice as to how we're going to handle it. Here we are in the midst of preparing for schools to come back, to get, to come back and start up again, and we have a choice on how to handle it. Here we are as a church, a community of faith, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of the tragedies that we've experienced this summer and in the spring. And we have a choice in how we're going to handle this. And Paul sets up this dichotomy beautifully, although kind of in a frustrating way. He, sits, he sets it up as, on the one hand, we have the flesh, and on the other hand, we have the spirit. Now, typically, I would like to say Spirit and flesh should not stand against one another. But Paul is trying to make a point here, remember, that we have a choice. We can choose the things which come naturally to us. Flesh, it comes pretty naturally to us. I mean, here we are, flesh. Um, flesh things, and these are things of this world. They come pretty naturally to us. Like, if I'm hungry, then I'm going to satisfy my hunger. I'm going to attend to my stomach. If I have the means to, that's my goal. Satisfy that hunger. If I'm tired, then I'm going to tend to my weary body, and I'm going to find some sleep. We understand that very clearly. It makes sense to us from the very moment we are born. We understand how to tend to the flesh. And so Paul sets up that choice for us. He says, we can set our mind on the flesh. And we know what the things of the flesh are. They are the things that are, uh, unfortunately, the, wor the word worldly is coming to me, but it's not just worldly things. It's things that have to deal with us. Um, a more appropriate way to say this would be things that are mm, selfish in nature. And while selfishness sounds like a bad word, it's not always bad. Sometimes you have to be selfish in order to get a good night's sleep. And it's good to get a good night's sleep. Sometimes you have to be selfish in order to feed yourself. It's good to feed yourself. Okay, so yeah, we'll just stick there. But that's really what, whenever Paul is using this word flesh, he's focusing on. We can choose things of the flesh, things that are selfish, things that focus on me. Or we can choose things of the Spirit. We'll get to that in a moment. But to carry on here and thinking about the flesh, Paul says we can set our mind on things of the flesh. And to be quite frank, we do that often. Uh, we set our minds on things that concern me and my people, and what I want, and what I like, and what I feel like I need. Okay, we do that pretty easily. 
But Paul, in his setup of dichotomies, also does something that should be quite alarming. In verse, uh, we'll start with verse 5 here. For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, for this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Whoa. Those are some pretty heavy words that we need to take seriously for a moment. Beginning in verse 6, to set the mind on the flesh is death. Paul equates the flesh with death. You see these dichotomies that are, being, that are being utilized together here. Flesh and spirit, death and life, okay? So Paul equates the flesh with death. And so the things of the flesh, as we are trying to process what fleshly things are, are things which, frankly, do not bring life. What are those things in our world? What are, what are those things, those choices in our own life right now? What are those things that we are choosing that aren't really bringing life? Paul says we can choose that. We can choose those things. It has been set up from the very beginning of time that we can choose life or death, righteousness or sin, spirit or flesh. And so Paul then goes to the other side of the dichotomy, the spirit. Set your minds on the things of the spirit. The second part of verse 6 says, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Wow. So, in other words, the things of the spirit, if we're wondering what those are, those are things that bring life and peace, tranquility, hope, goodness. We know what the things of the Spirit are because we talk about them all the time. We know that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, and self-control. We know what it means to live into the Spirit. But a little context is needed here because as you might re recall me saying earlier, Paul just at the end of the chapter before this one says, I know what I should be doing, but yet I do not do it. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We know what's good, but we also know what we like. We know what's easy. We know what's comfortable. We know what makes us want to keep living. And so we typically choose the things that are easy, the things that are comfortable, the things that make sense to us, even though we know what is good, even though we know what is right, even though we know what we should be doing. Verse 7, or excuse me, verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
Wow. That's a powerful statement. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the dichotomy is set up that those who are in the spirit can please God. How? How is it that we pleased God in the spirit when we choose to set our minds on things of the spirit? Well, think about those things that the spirit is associated with. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Um, I don't know about you, but I've kind of been noticing the exact opposite of a lot of those in our world all around us, in our community right here, in our state, in our country, all across the globe. Our world seems far more eager to live into the opposite things, to live contrary to love. Oh, where are we living contrary to love? To live contrary to joy, where are we trying to steal people's joy? To live contrary to peace, where are we start trying to start fights and arguments? To live contrary to patience, where are we eager to speak our mind and quick to anger rather than to listen? To be, we are eager to live opposite of kindness and to be selfish. It's all around us. Paul here is saying, those things do not please God. We know that God stands contrary to those things, in fact, that God stands for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We know what is good, but do we choose it? Or in Paul's case, as he states it, do we set our mind on it? Possibly one of the most important things that we need to be deciding right now, that we need to be choosing right now, is what it means to be connected to one another. This has been a very, very, very difficult decision on behalf of uh, church leadership in the United Methodist Church everywhere and for us right here at Spring Hill Avenue to say we're not doing in-person activities because we know how important it is for us to be together. We know how important it is to have that connection and of being in person with one another. We know how significant it is. But right now, it's not worth it. It's not worth a single person getting sick. It's not losing, it's not worth losing a single person. And so we make this choice that right now, we're not going to set our minds on being connected in the flesh, being connected physically. Instead, we are going to set our minds on being connected spiritually. For one, it's safer. For two, it's growing us. And that may be hard to realize and to understand, but it is. I want us today to set our minds on being connected in the spirit. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, well, let's go back to it. Let us be connected in love. Love, you do not have to be physically pre present with someone to share love. 
You can write notes, make phone calls, pray, joy. You do not have to be physically present to share joy. Let others know the good things that are going on in your life and celebrate the joys in other people's lives. Peace. We do not have to be right next to one another to be sharing peace. But rather, we need only to be living into it in our own lives. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Each of these things, while it is good to be together, so long as we're not together in the flesh, let us be together in the spirit. To be connected to one another. To be mindful of one another. To be seeking the best good for one another. It's difficult. It's very painful. And I recognize that. But we can alleviate some of that pain, some of that stress, if we only take a moment to set our minds on things of the spirit rather than things of the flesh. Because, quite frankly, it's very evident whenever people are setting their minds on things of the flesh. It's whenever they're being selfish. It's whenever they're choosing their own comfort and their own happiness over the good of the community. It's whenever people would rather get their way rather than protect those who are at risk. It is when those people would rather prove that they stand against all of the statistics, even though way too many people have died and become statistics. In this time, let us set our minds on the things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh, because right now, we need the Spirit. We need that spiritual connection. We need to be unified in one Spirit, the great Spirit of our living God. We need that connection. And so my challenge for you this week is simply that. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Why? Those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, yes, God, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, do you believe that, that the Spirit of Christ is in you? Though the body is dead because of, of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you, give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Remember this one crucial thing. Our God may not dwell with us physically in the flesh right now, 
but it is spiritually that God has chosen to be with us. May we also choose connection in the Spirit. To remember that so long as we are in the Spirit, nothing shall and nothing can separate us from this great love that binds us all together. So seek connection in the Spirit to God and to one another. Be reminded that we have been called in spirit to live lives worthy of living, lives mindful and eager to serve God and others. So let us set our mind on things of the spirit and let us pray.